coming up next on Beyond the Clef, I am here with Richard Crane, and we're going to be talking about what's next for Midwest, some cool initiatives that are maybe going to be coming down the pike, and uh, also a little bit of the history about that and National Concert Band Festival. Beyond the Clef is presented by Director's Choice. So I'm here with Richard Crane, and uh, legend in our community, of course. <laughs> President of the Board of Directors of the Midwest Band and Orchestra Clinic and Conference. Thank you for coming on the program. Thank you for having me. It's so, honor. Can, well, thank you. It's, it's our honor, of course. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about your uh, role right now with Midwest? And what, what, is, what is your role in the organization? Well, the role of the president has been somewhat increased uh, lately. We have one full-time employee in the office and some part-time help. But because I am retired and I have time to, to do this, and it's a passion for me that I'm now traveling and exhibiting another, like I'm going to Arkansas Bandmasters next week. Uh, and, but it, as I said, it's a, a passion for me. Uh, we have a new initiative this year. Sorry if I get out of order here. Oh, no, it's great. We'd to, love to hear about it. To, uh, for instance, and we've been able to establish several new uh, programs and tracks at the Midwest that I think have been very beneficial to directors, from all the way from fundamentals. Uh, we're the ones that originated the chat room, for instance, and it's uh, 30 minutes, 35 minutes of uh, experts just uh, uh, talking uh, informally it's not a formal presentation and they've been so successful because the first question is starts the conversation and it directs it from there and we've even had them go out in the hall to continue the discussion whatever it was a lot of our fundamentals are done in that we've also have a day one track what do you do with kids in the sixth grade or the fifth grade on the very first day of school when they come in the room what do you do with them and uh, sit down Sit down, shut up, spit out your gum. <laughs> yes, of no, course. I'm just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> and what do you do with opening the case and, or whatever you do on the first day? They've been extremely well received uh, because we do have a lot of young teachers that come that uh, it's, it is their first year or they're college seniors uh, and majoring in music. Uh, we've uh, also put a, what I'm very proud of is four years ago we started a track emphasizing small schools. And I've had to convince some people who said, uh, are there any small school directors that attend Midwest? And yes, probably 40 or 50 percent of the directors that attend Midwest are small schools all across the country, from South Dakota and uh, Midwestern states, Southern states, Texas for sure. So, and uh, we have more clinics that are specifically directed toward those uh, teachers. And we've had wonderful feedback from them. There's one lady said, I've been coming 25 years for the first time that we've ever had anything that recognized our special needs and uh, clinics to address them. So I've been very proud of that. And the ATSSB was an inspiration for that actually in, in this state. Uh, this coming year, it's a little pie in the sky, but we are going to begin, initiate a program or a track of making uh, quality instrumental music education available to every child in the country. And I said before, I, I stole this, but every child has talent, but not every child has opportunity. And we want to use the forum of the Midwest Clinic to be able to have every child who wants to play an instrument 
and the benefits go on and on and on and convincing those that yes it can influence mandated test scores in a positive manner for instance plus all the intangible social aspects of kids participating and we've had tremendous response from the metropolitan areas of Memphis and Philadelphia, Chicago, Los Angeles, uh, other uh, areas of the country that really feel like that, that is a worthy cause and want to be a part of it. We're very grateful to the Country Music Association Foundation who has uh, expressed a lot of interest in it and are, I would say, a partner in this grand endeavor right now. So we've been able to do a lot of things with that rather than just be a performance venue, which our emphasis is still excellence in performance. And we've been able to do that, and we have a lot of Texas bands and orchestras that perform at Midwest every year, and I'm very proud of that, but I have to be careful not to brag too much about that <laughs> because there are other parts of the country. But, of course, we have outstanding groups from other states as well, of course. So your initiative to try to get music ed in all kids' hands, uh, how, do, how does Midwest seek to try to accomplish that? Well, at this point, we're probably a clearinghouse or a forum for this to take place. Okay. I just got back from Nashville, Tennessee, where we had a meeting, and we, we chose six uh, individuals from across the United States. And one of them is Corey Graves, who is from uh, Roma, Yes. And who just received I, honor band he yesterday did. in Class yeah, C. Yeah, good friend of, of mine in the program. And uh, he was uh, taking pictures in the conference room. He was so excited to be with yeah. you. Uh, and, of course, at the taping of this, like we just said, honor band winner just as of yesterday. Yeah. So proud of him. Yeah, I'm very proud of him. I haven't and gotten he, to see him yet. He's around here somewhere. <laughs> well, his feet are not probably attached to the ground. He's probably floating around somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he'll be up there. He's a great individual with kids, and I'm so happy for him. But he's a member of the committee in uh, uh, Georgia, Florida, Los Angeles, uh, Philadelphia, uh, Memphis, Metropolitan Schools, uh, and uh, are members of the committee. Most of these are minority, as we address them. Uh, who have come together and they've been so enthusiastic about what our ultimate goal is. I can't tell you the details because they're not completely formulated. We just met last Friday a week ago, but uh, we have a plan for this coming Midwest to invite specific directors who want to come from those disadvantaged programs, challenged programs, those poverty areas, even small schools as well as inner city schools and suburban schools, wherever those needs are, we're bringing them in and having a special track for them. And the details will be coming out soon because we haven't even been able to print out the, the minutes of the meeting yet because we've been traveling. <laughs> and But uh, I'm really excited about that because, but right now we're, we're a, a forum, if you will, or a catalyst for bringing all this together, all these different groups together. And we've had a lot that want to be a part of it that we've not included yet until we formulate the final plan a little bit. Uh, Midwest is celebrating its 75th anniversary in 2021, TBA in 2022. They're one year behind us. <laughs> and uh, so we're all excited about that and have great plans for that uh, already being formulated. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of Midwest and where it's come from and where it began and, and uh, now where we are? Right. Well, of course, I was one of the first members of the board 
outside of the Midwest. It started as a reading clinic in downtown Chicago in 1946, right after World War II. And then it gradually expanded and gradually increased. And then we have, now this is 1940s, okay? So it started very small, but it gained momentum uh, through the 50s, uh, adding different programs. The problem all those years was the limited space. It was in uh, downtown hotels in Chicago. And we finally maxed out at the Conrad Hilton, the last venue, uh, and because there were only four or five places to have a clinic. And now we have 110 clinics, I think, for this coming year. <laughs> but we can only have maybe uh, not even a fraction of that uh, because of the location, even though we had uh, several different hotels. The tradi traditionalists were very upset at us because we were moving from those setting, historical settings. But we were able to, uh, to do that, and now they've come and said, yeah. And McCrombie Place West is a wonderful venue. It just fits us great for being able to have performance venues plus clinic sessions. And, and uh, this year we'll have different uh, groups that will serve as uh, demonstration groups for different conductors to conduct. We, last year we started a conducting institute. It's called the HR Reynolds H. Robert Reynolds uh, Conducting Institute. So we have, we have added many, many programs and to be relevant and to always search. The board is always looking at what can we do to accept or assess the needs of our attendees, our constituency. And I think we've been able to do that. Uh, counting everybody, we had over 18,000 there last year. We're expecting even more this year. Uh, the, the United States Air Force Band is performing this year as our Washington-based uh, military group that's performing on Wednesday two concerts. So it started in 1946 uh, with just a few directors, reading session. Uh, some of the sponsors of it are no longer run. The Lions Band Instrument Company probably <laughs> no longer. But one of the continuing uh, factors or features is Chose Music. And they were part of the original. Now the third generation Chose is Mark Chose is on the board of directors. So they were part of the first one. Uh, John Painter uh, was a president when I came on the board back in the early 90s, but he had been president for a number of years. Barbara Buellman, uh, this is back in the 80s. Uh, I was elected president in 2009, and uh, this will be my 10th year to, to be president of the board so it's been a grand I mean to give back to your profession like that and to be able to be creative in what we do and be sensitive to oh these are needs now they weren't needs last year but now new educational reform and uh, policies and rules and whatever coming forth so uh, we've been able to respond to that that's pretty much in a nutshell the history uh, of the Midwest Clinic. Uh, well, thank uh, you for your service. Over and Midwest. over and over. I am so grateful to this be a small part of it. Well, we all appreciate it. So, let's shift gears. You are also involved with the National Concert Band Festival, Absolutely. and you were involved from the, from the beginning. Can yes. you tell us a little bit about what National Concert Band Festival is and how it began? Okay. Uh, about 1990, uh, Scott McCormick, who was the 
CEO of Bands of America then, it was not Music for All, wanted, they've been doing marching contests and festivals for years, since the 70s, and he wanted to have more comprehensive programming, so he wanted to create a concert venue. And I heard about it, and since the uh, spring bands participated regularly in, in the Bands of America festivals, I went to him and said, Scott, I, that's a passion of mine. I would really love to be a part of any concert venue that you uh, create. He said, well, great. And so my wife and I were part of the very first one. We auditioned uh, bands, selected four, recruited four more. And in March of 1992, we had the very first National Concert Band Festival at Northwestern University in Evanston. The second year, we had 12 bands. They began to catch on. People became, there was no Facebook then, whatever. <laughs> they began to catch on. And then the next year, we had enough bands that applied and by audition to have 16 bands. And that became kind of the norm, 16 bands over three days, three and a half days. Then we moved downtown Chicago to the Marriott Hotel in Medina Temple, which is no longer there. But it was it was not a really good place for audience, but it's a great place to play. They had circuses in there and all sorts of stuff. So, but it was a great place to play. And the Chicago Symphony actually recorded it. They tore it down, unfortunately. It's a historical building. Uh, then, then uh, they had an offer to move. We we just worked with a concert part of it. Uh, my wife did all the work and I got all the credit actually. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm serious. <laughs> and she was a master's degree in business and English so uh, I supervised. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, we moved downtown for several years. They received an offer to move to Indianapolis. Indianapolis courting different uh, NCAA and other entities to come in. And they gave them an offer to move their offices there, uh, rent-free for a number of years, so they helped them out. So they moved to the entire event to Indianapolis. Now, I can't remember the year, it was uh, before 2000, and it's been there in Indianapolis in different venues in Indianapolis uh, since that time. Uh, and we were uh, served in that capacity until for 17 years and then uh, my wife started having some health issues and I became a lot more active on the Midwest board and it was well established so I uh, retired from that. Uh, I, I think it was about 2006 or so and I got a lot busier with Midwest and a lot more responsibilities but I was really proud to have a part of it. Now it is expanded, it has a when I was doing it, uh, it expanded into orchestra and jazz, percussion, and now they've added a choral track. So it's a comprehensive uh, music con concert event in March every year. And we still, I still go back and uh, do uh, some different uh, chairing of a track or something, I, kind of an honorary position to go back, but uh, I enjoy being there. because so many wonderful people in all of the United States. That's one of the things in my career is meeting so many wonderful people in this profession from all over the country and all over the world. 
I'm digressing here a moment, but I just got no, that's a, great. I just got an email from Bert Langlaire from Estonia. Estonia, that's way over in East Texas. <laughs> and uh, he was just sharing with me about some of the things that they're doing in music education. That's wow. just so neat. This wow. is the universal language. Yes. Uh, I've also been very encouraging, uh, supportive of groups in Japan and international, all international groups have come. And we've had many years we've had well, every year we have at least one band from Japan. They always go like gangbusters. And they they feel a kindred spirit to the Midwest Clinic, which is very rewarding and very neat. And they hold uh, American bands. And, well, we're responsible, historically, for them having the music programs that they have. Again, I'm digressing, but... No, that's perfect. Uh, after World War II, General Douglas MacArthur that was part of his plan to rehabilitate Japan and whatever else he may not have done well he did that very well and Paul Yoder for instance a, a man from the past a composer arranger wonderful man was part of the initial help uh, and assistance that America's bands gave to the Japanese so we kind of really started Americans kind of started the band program there and now, if you've ever been there, I got to go there a couple of years ago, and it's just amazing what they do. And they, of course, it's an after-school activity, and that's why there's so many girls in the band, very few boys, because you have to choose soccer, baseball, or instrumental music, or whatever, uh, which is fine. They still do pretty well. And uh, this year, we had two Japanese bands coming, and uh, we're very grateful. And they just celebrated their 50th anniversary of their uh, National Band Association, Japan Band Clinic. So just all of these different components that come together every year to make it really an international event. A lot of international groups meet there. Uh, fraternities and uh, organizations meet there every year. But that's been traditional going way way back in the history. It's so great to have something that is, like you said, international and truly international, and it's a really interesting history. Uh, so, um, well, you can have a concert on the stage, and it doesn't matter what country you're from. Singapore, Japan, Taiwan, Germany, Estonia, they're all, they're all listening to the same thing and appreciating the same thing. It, it is truly the international language. I am maybe the most fortunate person in the world. My high school experience, there, uh, there was no band program in the small town that I grew up in until I was a sophomore in high school. And the band man came to town and started a band, just like the music man. <laughs> and so I was a beginning band student as a sophomore in high school. And then I went to Trinity University here in San Antonio. And as I say, I spent two terms there, those of Truman and Eisenhower. But uh, <laughs> and uh, I didn't really have a good education, and I went to the Rio Grande Valley to start my career in 1956. And the finest bands in this state, collectively, were in the Rio Grande Valley. So after a couple of years, I realized I need to learn more about what I'm doing because these bands down here are really good. Uh, people like Marion Vespi and Joe Frank, who was in Harlingen and went to start the the Richardson Schools program. 
uh, with Jim Murphy, who was in Brownsville and went to the University of Minnesota, and these iconic people, L.M. Snavely, who went to Mississippi and then Notre Dame. Uh, and, and I learned so much, but I also realized how much I did not know, and my learning really began about the second year of my teaching. And so my roots are very, very humble, and I, I'm so blessed to be able to do the things because so many of my peers are so much better educated and so much better prepared, and I just feel so blessed by God that I am able to do these things. And I thank my wife who passed away two and a half years ago because I could have done nothing in my life and career uh, without her and her support. And she sacrificed greatly. Uh, but I just wanted to throw that in just to say how grateful I am that I'm allowed to do the things that I'm going to do. And I feel a great burden that we get it right for the kids. Because it all filters down. But the kids are the ultimate beneficiaries of this wonderful art. And as Tim Lotzerheiser says, if every kid was in band, there'd be no more riots or fighting or terrorists or conflict because they'd all be too busy rehearsing to get in trouble. So I think that's a great <laughs> motto. Thank you so much for your service to our profession and, and what you have done. And um, thank you for this uh, history and um, what's next with Midwest. We, we really appreciate having you on the program. Thank you, David, very much. It's been an honor. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Beyond the Clef. For more great content, subscribe on our website at beyondthecleft.com. And be sure to follow us on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Facebook.